0: How did you find your place in business aviation? Today, three young professionals share their stories and how they're helping to bring more people into our industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information. It's always fun to hear about how someone discovers their place in aviation, particularly from our industry's young professionals or Yopros. As workforce concerns continue to be front and center, hearing their experiences serves as an important reminder that there really are countless entry points to our industry. For Julia Harrington, lead captain and base manager for Axis Jets in Chicago and co-vice chair of NBAA's Yopro Council, her path began with childhood trips to the world's largest air show.
1: My dad started taking me to Oshkosh Air Show up in Wisconsin when I was about eight years old and I immediately fell in love with aviation in general. Um, However, my first introduction to corporate aviation was actually at that air show just a couple years later. uh, We were having lunch at Oshkosh and sat down at a table with two people that were already sitting there, and it turned out they were both corporate pilots. And so uh, we got to chatting, and I was very intrigued by their jobs because I fell in love with aviation at an air show. I really loved the more general aviation side of things. And at that air show, you know, saw all the business jets in addition to the air show airplanes and all of the other cool ones. Uh, And that always interested me far more than the airline side. So I think I was around 10 years old. And I was totally interested in the things that those pilots were doing and the planes they were flying. And I thought that that would be a way more interesting job to pursue than airline flying. So that was kind of my first exposure. And yeah, it was interesting because I didn't apply to college for aviation initially because I didn't want to be an airline pilot. And I was under the misconception that you could only pursue airline aviation with a degree in aviation. But I learned later that that was not true.
0: Yopro Council Member Kenny Mazingo, a market analyst for the Menti Group, persevered through growing up in the midst of conflict, relocating to a new country and learning a new language but that was all leading toward a fateful conversation that really opened the door for him to business aviation. I
2: was born and raised in Angola, Africa. And uh, my country was in civil war for more than 30 years, so it wasn't until literally in the early 2000s where you could see a plane and a ramp that was a military plane. And I remember my first time on an airplane was on a family trip with my father, my mother, and my sibling, and we, we, we hopped in a Boeing 737-200, and we flew from Angola to the country border Angola, called Namibia. It's a two-hour flight. And of course, I was finding my brother to sit in the window, right? He doesn't want to sit in the window. And uh, I was the youngest, so my parents gave me the window seat. And as we took off from Angola International Airport and we went to the air, I was just sitting in that chair, looking at the window, seeing the wings and the flaps moving back and forth and the engine. I was in awe, you know, because, you know, it, it's not common to see an airplane back then in Angola. It's not common to go to the airport and let alone, it's not common for people to hop into airplanes. It's not what we did back then. And so that first flight from Angola to Namibia really opened my eye. How is it possible that a machine like this carrying people could could fly? I mean, I was flying. I, I, my mind was blown away as a, as a kid. And then my time came when I when I graduated high school, I remember my father sitting down with me in the living room and then just asking me, what do you want to do as you, as you grow up? And this was in Angola. So my parents never went to college. So for them, the ideal for every parent is to provide the best uh, for their children. And I told them, I, I want to be involved in business. And he goes, what type of business? I don't know. He said, okay, well... You're young, you have time, and I ended up coming to the school here in the US as an international student. I went to the University of Central Florida in Orlando, and one particular summer, as I was attending my classes, I was just sitting on campus in summer uh, and re- reading the newspaper. As I read the paper, I came across this ad, a one page ad about the biggest aviation conference coming to Orlando. And I was like, huh, w- what is this? Well, So I called the number on the ad. I called the number and uh, ended up calling NBAA. And and that was Kenny with broken English. I had to learn English coming to America. And I just said, my name is Kenny. I'm a student. And I want to know more about this conference coming to Orlando. And the gentleman at NBAA registration explained it to me. It's the biggest conference coming to Orlando, you know, planes and companies. I said, wow, that's amazing. I want to come. He said, well, are you a member? I said, member? No, I'm not a member. He goes, well, then you need to register. I said, OK, yeah, go ahead, register me. <laughs> and then he goes, it's like, $200. I'm like, what? I was like, I'm a student, I, 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 don't, I don't have $200. He's like, you know what? It's OK, I, I just want to call in to get information. And then he goes, wait, you said you're a student, right? I said, yes. He goes, give me a few minutes. He put me on hold. And he did this miracle, and then he came back and said, Kenny, I have a free pass for a three-day conference for you at NBAA in Orlando, and you are coming. I could not believe it. I, 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 I was just so ecstatic, the fact that I was in the conference.
0: My third guest today is Brett Melcher, who's also a member of NBAA's YoPro Pro Council and is an AMT for Encompass Health.
3: I grew up in the uh, southern part of Michigan, near Ann Arbor, just a small farm town. And my dad's a carpenter. He's he's owned his own uh, carpentry business for, for several years. And my uncle, they build homes. They got in contact with a uh, few corporate pilots that were in the Jackson, Michigan area, and they lived on a private dirt airstrip. One of the pilots wanted a new home built, and so my dad built the house, and that summer, they actually invited us to come back out for a, a fly-in. So, a lot of their pilot buddies would fly in and they'd have a big lunch and then they'd take people flying. So, I got to experience a little bit of the high life there, just getting to, to fly up in like a little 172 or a Piper Cub. That was my first experience flying. I remember being Scared at first, like you, you know, how high are we going to go in the air? But I was excited. I, I always loved that feeling of just kind of the uncertainty and and the adrenaline rush that you get from it. So I took a, a few flights that day. They they let me take the controls a few times. So I got to experience flight. And who does that not affect when you get the chance to be at the helm of an airplane? I loved it, and I thought it was so much fun. We got asked back for a couple of those uh, over the years and, and every time I looked forward to it. And so uh, that was my first introduction to aviation. But even then, I had no idea what business aviation was like or, or what what really to expect throughout my high school career. That's what kind of drew out my career path from there Was was just experiencing something that simple and fun.
0: Coming up, more about my guests' experiences in the industry and how they're paying those opportunities forward today. But first, a quick message from NBAA.
3: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back
0: now with Kenny Mazingo, Julia Harrington, and Brett Melcher, three business aviation yo pros sharing their stories of how they discovered their careers in the industry. Brett, we left off with you knowing, even as a high school student, that you wanted to be around
3: airplanes. What steered you toward business aviation in particular? I went to school at a small tech school in Michigan, uh, over at the Willow Run Airport. You know, going through that, I knew I wanted to work with my hands, so I knew that the maintenance field kind of just right for me. But there was really no mention of corporate aviation. It was all airlines. And that's kind of what the expectation was when you graduated and got your A&P certificate was, you know, the airlines are going to come calling. But at the same time, you know, I kind of had a struggle. Then I graduated in 2010, got my A&P. And as we all know that the industry wasn't doing that great at that time, especially for somebody coming right out of school. So, I ended up finding a job in South Alabama at Fort Rucker, working as a civilian contractor for the military. Met my wife while I was down there and she's from the Birmingham area and and I moved close to mom and dad. So we moved up here uh, to Birmingham and I ended up actually having to get out of aviation as a whole uh, because there wasn't a whole lot of work in the industry in, in this area. So I was able to learn a lot about just mechanics in general. I didn't grow up working on cars and and everything. I'd take my bike apart every once in a while, but <laughs> but it didn't come naturally to me. So I got a chance to really get in depth with a lot of other equipment. And I got connected with a guy through a softball team that worked at Constant Aviation in Birmingham, and he knew I was looking for a job and he got me an interview and I, I ended up with the job, worked with Constant for a year, worked for uh, another MRO on the field in Birmingham. And then I ended up helping manage an airplane for an individual that was uh, leasing space from the Encompass Health flight department. And I got in contact with the director of maintenance after working a few pre and post flights for that airplane. And they just happened to be hiring. And I got lucky and found my way to Encompass Health. Greatest transition ever. I mean, it was it was effortless to be part of a team. You know, I played sports all through high school. So to, to be part of a team, it felt really good to have that camaraderie with a small group of people. I love it. That's awesome.
0: Julie, tell us about your path from being immersed in aviation as a child at Oshkosh to working today as a business aviation pilot.
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of a, a time gap there, right? I took a young eagles flight when I was about 10. So yes, I was probably the year after that, and started taking flying lessons when I was about 12. That was kind of intermittent. And I ended up going to the University of Illinois for college, I applied to school for broadcast journalism, actually, and ended up wanting to take flight courses as electives to get my ratings because that was always a part of my plan was to at least fly recreationally but while in college discovered that I had far more passion for aviation than journalism and so made the switch and changed my major to aviation at the University of Illinois while there through things like career fairs explored all the different options to fly professionally and ultimately landed in the realm of business aviation, I always knew I was not super attracted to the airlines. It was just personal preference. Honestly, I just it didn't jive with me that that kind of style of work, uh, lifestyle. Um, I mean, I don't love an airline terminal, (laughs) etc. So uh, I was full time flight instructing after I graduated college. And looking around for any uh, charter operation, pretty much within 100 miles of my house <laughs> on LinkedIn, actually, and started just applying once I had a reasonable amount of flight time. And that's how I got my first professional flying job, just by throwing my resume to everybody who was hiring, I ended up getting hired by a Southern Wisconsin charter operator flying hawkers. It's one of those things where once you get your foot in the door and get that first flying job in the, that was a charter job. But you know, in this realm, the rest comes a little bit easier. So I think that first job is, is the toughest. But then I think there's this misconception that these jobs are impossible to get or very elusive. And I have not necessarily found that to be the case which was a delightful surprise.
0: Indeed. So, Kenny, you've made it to an NBAA convention. You're surrounded by thousands of people working in business aviation. You're talking with them, exploring the possibilities, and even sitting in business aircraft on display, picturing yourself one day traveling on your own business jet. It all had to seem pretty overwhelming, right?
2: It was very scary in the beginning right as a student not having connections to apply for a job like this or even ask someone how can you get involved with buying some airplanes and um, it was very scary but i just start connecting like julia mentioned just start applying and i'm uh, meeting people and just picking their brains and really develop relationships that it would allow me number one to be confident that yes it's possible for me to be involved in, in, in the side of the business and number two the job is there. Sometimes it just takes applying, and you get denied, which is part of the process. And this is how I ended up a in Mente Group. But from 2014 to where we are today, same thing with Julia and Brett went through. I mean, there's a lot of jobs you apply and be 50, 60, and you only hear from three or two. But that's okay because you're learning the process. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. The ones that you applied and. You didn't get accepted. It happened for a reason because every decision that, that we made ended up bringing us where we are today. So this is how I figured that buying solar plane or so being involved in helping clients find planes, something that I wanted to do just by starting to dream that I want to own one.
0: And at the same time, you're also learning English and finding your place in the United States. What challenges did you encounter as you set about realizing your goals?
2: You know, when I came to America, not many, not many people knew about Angola. Not many people knew where Angola was even located on the map, which is fine. So those were some of the personal challenges that I had to overcome. But with the help of a great community and great mentors, I was able to overcome. And also professionally, right? Graduating UCF with a degree in business, just general business, and coming to the industry and wanting to be involved with aircraft sales, I always thought that you have to come for, from Embudo, or you have to have this perfect record. It's like you know, graduating from Ivy League school and then going to the finance, or going to the Wall Street. So I, honestly felt like it was not possible for me to be involved in this side of the industry. But the devil is a lion. Here I am. But the challenges are there. I think all of us will go through them. I'm pretty sure Julie and Brett they had the share of challenges that they were able to overcome. But I think. I would see those challenges, opportunities become better uh, whenever I would meet someone and <laughs> I was using the wrong grammar or whenever I would write an, e- I would write an email and it was the, the wrong grammar. I mean, just learning learning curves from me. I mean, I, I learned to trust the process, not so much the destination, but to, to trust the process and enjoy the moment where you are. and and this is what I have been able to do and accomplish. I still have challenges. I think all of us still have personal and professional challenges. I mean, you just have to trust the process and just be patient, be patient. And challenges are there, but they're, they're there to be overcome.
0: Brett, what hurdles did you encounter as you established your place in business aviation?
3: I didn't really know or expect where my career would go when I started off into it, you know, I had the mentality and the attitude that I was just going to take every experience and soak it in, and use that to build my resume down the road. And when I would go to those those summer fly-ins, you'd look at all these pilots and you think, well, they they spend hours and hours flying, and and these mechanics they they study these, you know, all the manuals, and and it it is kind of daunting when you see professionals doing doing the job, what it, what it takes. And it can be disheartening to see where you stand versus where they are. We live in a world where we constantly compare ourselves to others. That can be very discouraging, but at the same time, if you have the right attitude and you, you look at it as, you know, every experience is, is another notch in my belt, then you're going to do great. And if you can show an employer, you know, one day that, that those experiences matter and that they shape you and and that they build your character and they build your expertise and and your knowledge base, then those employers and and your colleagues are going to see that you're very capable. And I think attitude is really is everything. The challenges that I faced have been things like not enough time in aviation. I had maybe right at five years when I finally got into a flight department. That's not unheard of, but it's not likely that you're going to get a good job, a really good paying job in a flight department with that little experience. But the experiences that I did have in those years were the reason that I got the job. You know, the little management roles that I had and and a lot of the other, well, the attitude that I had, I I like to think really played a, a big part into that. Julia, I recently covered an
0: industry safety event, and it was mentioned that just 5% of their attendees 10 years ago were women. Now, that had grown to 20% this year, and that's a decent growth rate, but obviously the numbers are still fairly lopsided. Has that posed any challenges as you've pursued your career?
1: Yeah, it's a very relevant question to the time. I think aviation as a whole is working hard at trying to attract more women. I know the FAA employed the uh, Women in Aviation Advisory Council to do research on this very topic. So we're, we're trying. I think that it's a slow moving needle, but I, I am encouraged by seeing the industry take interest in the topic. Personally speaking, when I interviewed for my first charter job, they had not hired a female pilot ever. And The president of the company at the time gave pause to them hiring me saying, what will the guy's wives think? So that obviously is a very old school frame of mind. And I could not believe that that was even said. So that was probably the most blatant thing I had encountered early in my career. But I will say one encouraging thing is that for every person I had, I have encountered who had said something negative, which the number is pretty small there have been at least five, you know, other people who have been encouraging and helpful and uh, treated me equally in my career. So I would say, on the whole, business aviation is full of people who are forward thinkers and encouraging and definitely want a diverse workforce, because I think everyone benefits when uh, it's not just the exact same type of person doing every job.
0: Definitely, and as you face those obstacles, Julia, have you had people who've helped mentor you along the way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So early in my career, I looked more towards my early mentor uh, in Patty Wagstaff, which I know is kind of a unique mentor. Um, I connected with her at Oshkosh Air Show uh, when I was about twelve years old, and she really kind of took me under her wing and. Gave me advice on my career. I've flown with her a few times. I also fly aerobatics for fun. So she's also been a a great mentor in that realm of flying. Uh, But yeah, she just, you know, she's been through it all and was paving the way when there weren't very many women flying aerobatics. And so while she doesn't, you know, have business aviation specific experience, she had a wealth of knowledge and just helping me uh, navigate different situations, and when I was applying and interviewing and all of that. Um, And then more recently, I negotiated my maternity leave, and my good friend and mentor, uh, Jessica Webster of Hera Aviation Group, she was an absolute pillar for me in having the strength to uh, ask for what I wanted out of the leave that I got, and to be supported by my company. uh, And that was huge.
0: Brett, how about you? Have you had mentors who've helped you in your career?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, and I very much believe that I would not be where I am today without the mentors, whether they knew they were mentoring me or not. But yeah, I've had multiple directors of maintenance who have influenced my career and helped me to kind of think outside of just holding a wrench. Also, to, they've challenged me to try to understand the actual business of aviation. My current director of maintenance, uh, Jason Henson, has been a huge help to me. Uh, he's got 30 years of experience in the industry working on airplanes of all kinds. And a lot of the things that I look at as a challenge, he looks at as, as everyday work. And to get to that level, which I hope to do one day, I mean, is a fun process to watch because, you know, it, it can be as simple as, well, I don't have, I don't know if I have the tooling for that and say well let's get it you know and that's a learning process in itself a lot of ways is figuring out where to get the tools that you need and and the resources that you need and to benchmark with other people and you can break into benchmarking as a form of mentoring as well and, and the nbaa does a great job i think of facilitating that being able to get in touch with other people who are in the same experiences and same industry and I've, I've also had family members that have been uh, pilots and have been in the aviation industry and just had a lot of, a lot of people that have poured into me, not only in, you know, my aviation career, but my, my spiritual, mental and physical life as well. You need to have a serving mentality as well as a learning mentality, you know, soak up everything because it, you never know when it's going to come in handy for you.
2: Kenny, what about you? Brett mentioned something that really struck with me and something that I try to remember every day. He said that attitude is everything. I mean, when you have the right, the right attitude, you just have a unique, different perspective in life. And for me, that was when with everyone that I met, I, even to this day, I believe that everyone I speak, everyone I see, there is something to learn, uh, whether it's a positive interaction or negative That is always something to learn, always be a sponge. Um, But early on in my career as a student, I remember at my first NBAA conference, they have a regional meeting, you know, where uh, the respective leaders from different states come together in this meeting and they just discuss what they're doing in their own community to bring awareness for aviation. And I just happened to walk in one of those meetings um, and just sitting in the back and I I listened to everyone share their ideas and how they are being an advocate for business aviation, uh, whatever states they are. Um, And one of the presenters, her name is Jenny Sherwalter. and Jenny, uh, she lives in Orlando. I had an idea that she was there, but... uh, Jenny was just sharing how um, her her family and and Faba and and the different committees, they are bringing awareness to Business Aviation Orlando. And this is where I was living and going to school. And after that meeting, I just approached Jenny. I never met Jenny before, she doesn't know who I am, but I was moved how she just embraced me as a student. She embraced me as, as someone with potential. She said, what are you doing here? Are you a student? Oh my gosh, you're here, this is exciting. And from that moment on, Jenny has been a source of hope, a source of faith and confidence as I continue to grow my career. And she just opened many doors by introducing me to other professionals within the industry. And then later on, I was able to walk with someone by the name of Jeff, he's a pilot. And Jeff really helped me develop my brand as an individual, not so much as what I do or who I work for, but develop my brand as an individual and, and believe that I have values. We all have values, whether we see it or not. And Jeff has been a great, a great source of inspiration, a great source of, of wisdom as I continue to develop myself within the, within the industry. And everyone sometimes, you know, whether it's one conversation, whether it's just meeting someone uh, over the phone, I'm always looking for bits of nuggets of learning. Um, I'm a truly believer that everyone we meet, we see, we speak, they have something to offer, whether we, we hate or we love it. But believe it or not, we all have something good within us. And that has been my, my, my approach. So Brett, you're right, attitude is really everything. And this right and positive attitude has enabled me to walk and stand on shoulder with giants.
0: Indeed. And I don't think it's exaggerating to say that all three of you are well on your ways to becoming giants in our industry as well. Kenny, how are you carrying your experiences forward in your career to help others starting out in business aviation and trying to establish their own paths?
2: I used to believe that you can only help someone if you have years of experience, if you have right, a successful uh, track record, whatever you were doing. So I, I, I didn't feel confident um, that I was able to give advice to a fellow student. I didn't think that I was qualified, right, to walk with the, with a fellow student and help them get to wherever they want to go, but then my mentor, Jeff, he said, Kenny, like, all of us, whether you've been in the business for 30 years, 40 years, we are still learning. No better way to help someone walk the talk that you guys are in the same boat. So I have been able to help other students just by helping them to believe that, yes, you can. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you speak English. It doesn't matter. Um, going back to Brett, attitude is everything. And by sharing my story, by allowing them to see the opportunities our industry provides and allowing them, helping them to be connected with NBAA, now with nbaa your pro go. i mean there's so many opportunities like julia mentioned i mean the first job is the first job and just looking for ways to get it to get involved it's 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 very hard it's scary but once you do you come to find out there's a lot of good people there's a lot of opportunities there's so many resources within our industry and believe it or not people are willing to help but that was something that was shocked i was like wow people actually want to see me succeed without charging me anything right so I have been able to help other students just to allow them to open the door to see, yes, it's possible. And with the help of others, you can create a path for yourself. And my advice continues to be to anyone that wants to be involved in our industry. This is a great, and I think one of the most exciting industries. And I'm very confident that the best is yet to come. So you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you're meant to be here. Yes, you'll be rejected. You're going to face a wall. You'll face challenges, but you're meant to be here and the industry will embrace you. Julia, how have you been able to
0: help nurture our industry's next generation?
1: I have really enjoyed working with the Yopro Council of NBAA, and a lot of the initiatives and programs that that has allowed me to partake in uh, have been so great. Last year at BASE, I was a part of the Collegiate Connect program, which was so great, and I wish it existed when I was in college, just because I feel like it really encourage those college students to take a look at business aviation careers. I think, you know, going back, the issue with young people pursuing business aviation is mostly just an issue of visibility, and showing them the way that these jobs exist. Uh, I love Kenny's talking about peer mentoring. Also, I love the idea of mentoring the people around you and kind of everyone bringing each other up. And you might be at a similar level of career experience. But your experiences might be just different enough that you can help each other out and give each other encouragement and advice on how to get to that next step. And you never know where those peers will end up and how you can help propel each other forward in the industry. I just think that that's so important.
3: Brett, I'd like to reiterate everything that Julia just said about the Yopro Council and what Kenny had talked about about leaning into you know mentors and giving back is very important to me in this career because we have such a small world of aviation individuals but for me being challenged to be part of the YoPro Council by a former director of maintenance through YoPro I've been able to give my expertise, my experiences and share those with other people. So that it kind of better's them and taking part in things like the Collegiate Connect at base, that was phenomenal. I was able to be a part of that last year as well with Julia and to see these young people who they have no idea what business aviation is. Them see some light bulbs come on for them and them think, hey, maybe I can start my own business, employ people there, you know. And you see people like that through just being involved in in a volunteer opportunity like that that makes you want to just pour out into these people even more and really connect with others and and figure out ways that we can get into these schools and get in touch with people who are interested in aviation and say hey come be a part of business aviation we need you and i need more of you as the years progress some valuable perspectives from three
0: awesome business aviation professionals. And if you're a Yopro in our industry or someone who's looking to help nurture those who are new to business aviation, be sure to check out NBAA's Young Professionals in Business Aviation program for valuable tips and insights. You can find it at nbaa.org forward slash Yopro. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from NBAA.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan.